Hi, and welcome to another episode of Kentarkis. My name is Michael Yon, and this is the episode, Possibilities Are Endless. So, welcome, Kentarkis. And what do you mean, possibilities are endless? They're words, aren't they, Michael? And <laughs> words are fascinating. You know how you speak to people? They will then judge you on how you would present yourself in your terminology, um, in the intelligence of your conversation. Yet the word possibilities, what would a person think if I said the possibilities are endless, be it negative or be it positive? This is the beauty about living energy. If you learn to understand the power of thought and combine it with living energy, that's when the possibilities are endless. You can create and manifest everything through your thoughts. I know, like I, I know you really believe that, especially considering that I know that you know that this life physically that we live is just a small fraction of the many lives and also the experiences we can have between lives as well. So literally you've been in positions in your experience, like especially out of body where you were able to almost experience anything. I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Um, this, I just had it, it just popped into my head right now. And this is about father, my father, Yarkas Cartas, who was an endless being. And he always uses the words, the possibility, no, sorry, it's not the, it's possibilities are endless. When I first became aware of my magic that he actually gave me in my genetics, in my living energy, I couldn't really use my imagination at that moment to create. And I was like envious that my father could just wave his hand knowing that he has a thought as he waves his hand and this, whatever it may be, literally manifests itself right in front of me. And then I said to him, I said, okay, you've manifested that, whatever it may be. Can you, through your thought and wave your hand, put us on another planet? Before I finished my words, I suddenly looked around and I was on a completely barren planet, flat, hot, and barren. And I said, okay, you knew what I was going to say. He said, yes. I said, how did you know? And he said, the possibilities are endless. Thought becomes reality even before you have the thought. It's like when you're going to speak. When you speak and you are spontaneous, it flows so naturally. Isn't that right? Mm, yeah. Yes. So it comes back to the thing. It's all in our thinking. So what we think, we all become. Now, somebody might say, okay, if I think this, will I become that straight away? No. We have to look at, at, at our life the way we are, the way we grew up, the way we think, the way we put ourselves within society, within our friends. And then we have to think by saying, I want this new car, this new four-wheel drive. I want this Cherokee Jeep. Okay. You may say, well, I want it now. Well, you can, if you have the finances, to go down to the local um, Cherokee dealer and buy the one you want to buy. That's your thought. But most people never, Michael, think that they can manifest things through living energy. It's easier kind of, based on the kind of life we're living, it's easier to think that possibilities really aren't endless. They are, but we are not taught now, when I went to um, my son's um, little school meeting to see how he's going, my wife and I were sitting there listening to these two people, and they presented themselves very well. And it was interesting, the observation of this certain person, what they were saying about young JC. 
And I looked at them and I said, can I ask you a question? And they said, please. I said, do you teach anything to do with imagination? And they say, oh, in a way we do, but not really. I said, do you know that everything in every thought, every action comes from imagination, the greatest gift that was given to us through living energy? And they looked at me <laughs> and they said, well, that's interesting. I said, it is. We are not teaching our children to go in, in a deep way in our own consciousness to discover the true meaning of imagination and what we can manifest from our thoughts. We do it all logically because we are conditioned through a schooling system by belief systems that have been created by someone thinking it, writing it, and then saying to every school in Australia, this is what you have to do. Mm. And they don't go beyond it. My thoughts in this episode are to get people to recognize that we can go beyond all things if we grow or allow ourselves to grow beyond the thinking process that we are thinking at this present moment. Mm, you, and you, to, you're on, sorry. Oh, I just, I can't help, but I, I can't help but mention, it's been mentioned many times previously, but you, you've literally trained yourself to do this to the point where you leave, when you leave your body, this excites me so much. You leave your body, you, there are, you don't even know, there are just so many limitless possibilities that can happen for you when you are out in your um, spirit travels, right? Absolutely. You really have awakened within you so much more possibility than possibilities than the normal person would even believe or perceive as possible. It's because I believe the possibilities are endless. Mm. If we understand what we are created from, if we understand what created us, not the imaginary belief systems that we have been taught by a schooling system, by society, by religion, by laws. If we can go beyond that, we learn through our thinking to teach ourselves how to become self-aware, to know what's around us, to know what's within us. So we learn then to think so we can become what our thoughts are thinking. Wow, because we become self-aware. Self-aware. Mm. What makes, I mean, Michael, what makes us think? Seriously, yeah, what, what makes us think? makes us think? Naturally, it's to do with thought consciousness. Now, where did thought consciousness come from? Who, who created it? Living energy. Mm. Okay. Well, how did living energy that's so vast in all universes, where did it come from? It came from thousands and thousands and thousands of trillions of years ago in one single moment where a single cell, and I know we've, uh, we've spoken about this, but a single cell in complete blackness, in complete unawareness, suddenly had a thought. Now let's go to a person. If we can say to that person with their eyes closed, I want you to think of one thought right now that makes you happy. And they do. And then you say, open your eyes and tell me, tell me what you felt. And you suddenly can see a smile on their face. Okay, that was actual reality because they put thought consciousness into that thought thinking process. And what they came up with was a beautiful, balanced, enjoyable thought. Can you imagine if all of humanity suddenly had that same experience? Mm. The vastness of natural heart love would expand beyond the earth. Yeah, I believe it. 
I see what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it's like logic, Michael. You take logic of the brain and you put it up against versus the mind. What would most people say if I said, put your logic over here and use your mind? What do you believe they would say to me? Uh, I I mean, I would feel the opposite, but I guess what they say is, well, the logic is is just more powerful and, and, and direct and able to move from one thing to another easier. Whereas the mind is, yeah, more, um, very fairy. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Logic is beliefs and conditioning over many, many lifetimes. Each lifetime we have, we have that recorded within our four quadrillion cellular structure. And depending on what we have chosen to experience in an incarnation, that memory comes forward and enlights us as we start to mature as a baby, as a young child, to being a teenager, to being an adult, to being a senior, and eventually passing away. But what we're not taught is the truth, that logic is not the mind, which logic is part of the human brain, not the mind. Logic is physical. It's a brain within that brain, within the head of the body. The mind is all around you. It's living energy. The mind brings in the knowledge, whether it's from experiences, whether it's for higher learning, and passes it through into the human brain. The brain dissects it because it only understands a certain process. The brain has the capacity to create as many new pathways as possible to bring in the mind knowledge. But we're not taught how to create new pathways. That's an interesting thing just to touch on again. Like the brain actually isn't our limitation. No. That's amazing. It, it, no, it, is, it, it is not limiting us. It is, it is our logic, our past, our self. It's absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's the logic that limits us. It's not the brain. The brain can only take in the data that's given to it. But the logic is what then sorts out that data and places it into certain sectors within the human brain. And if we have an experience, it will give us what it's capable of or what it understands. Logic was created by ego. The brain is not the issue. The brain has the capacity to create new pathways and put in billions and trillions of tons of information. But it doesn't because it's not taught how to create the pathways to bring more knowledge in. It just accepts it, dissects it, then sends it out or stores it, because it's limited when it's called logic. But it's not the brain that's limited. The mind is limitless. It's like saying, who are we in truth? Who are we in reality? For me to answer that question we would need to look at several components that makes up who we are. And the first component is we are within our mother's womb. The mother, her blood, begins to create who we are as a flesh little being. Her characteristics, the father's DNA, his characteristics start to flow through the blood of the newborn or the new young baby that's being developed. So that's the first answer. We are within the world of our mother. Then, as we're born, we start to have little experiences, little thoughts. And we have to ask ourselves, what are those thoughts? Are those thoughts 
from our own understanding? Of course not. They can't be. We don't have any understanding. And that's where we're limited as a species, where there are species beyond our world, even like, say, Cadiz race that we've spoken about so many times, the Ilias, the Nakarons, um, the Dorikans, their understanding when a, when a baby or a young child is born, their knowledge is already available within their quadrillion cells because it's a memory bank from every lifetime. Now with us, what we have as a baby within our mother's womb are the characteristics of the mother and the father because the blood of the mother flows through the child while it's developing within the mother's womb. And when it's born, now if it's a girl, what's really funny, this is really strange, but it's pretty well the truth if we look at it honestly. A girl seems to follow when it comes to characteristics of the father. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And yet, a boy, he seems to follow a lot of the characteristics of the mother and sometimes even takes on some appearance of the mother. Or the baby girl will take on some of the appearance of the father. It just seems to be a natural process mm. where in some circumstances, that's not true. They take on both 50 50, 60 40, 80 20. I think it depends on what the child is going to grow into and what the child has chosen to experience in that incarnation. So there's like components. The next component is growing up, going to preschool, going into grades from one to six, then from six to 12 or six to 10. And they're learning all the time. But the characteristics of the mother, of the father, do come out in a big way. And then a lot of children start to rebel because they start to see beliefs through self-conditioning. And where does it begin? Well, there's only one answer to that, and it's called genetics. And if we ask ourselves, what are they truly? What truly are genetics? And what is their role in our personal evolution? Where do our genetics come from? Well, naturally, through consciousness, by living energy. Our genetics are very unique. Our DNA is what makes us up as a being. But what we need to be very careful of is the characteristics that we have flowing within us as a young child. Not to be caught up with the characteristics of our mother or father. And if we develop them to be better, not to become a belief or a condition, then we start to discover our own personal individuality. Like it's like saying characteristics from our parents' DNA, then we say, are we each just a clone of our parents' DNA? Or are we struggling within to find our true individuality, our true identity? And if we look at every child in every school around the entire globe experiences some form of rebellion, and you've got to ask yourself, what are they experiencing? Why are they acting like this? Because they're fighting without even knowing it, the characteristics of their parents' DNA. Which is completely natural. That's that's. Completely you know, yeah. natural, Mike. Is that it? Like, is, but even, it's trying. Sorry. Is, that, on, even, sorry. is that even the thing with even like animals and such? And other other um, species, of, just lower species, are they also trying to fight against the genetics of their parents to become more? 100%. But there's yeah. a big difference. There's, you're right, 100%. But there is a big difference. If we look at human society on this planet only, forget the other planets, just here. 
we are a thought-conscious being. We have evolved over a very long period of time to become or to be able to use thought consciousness, which means we're a thinking being. Mm. Where animals, they don't think with actual thinking abilities. They either see colors, all black and white, or they see pictures of their past experiences or their present experiences. They're not conscious thinking beings. But eventually, in say another million or a billion years, they will evolve into other forms of species. Absolutely. That's Including very true. Including having thought consciousness. Absolutely, yeah, yes. Yeah. Everything starts somewhere. It's mm. like the word conditioning. We have to say this, even from birth, then we have society's expectation to be a certain way, to speak a certain way, to think a certain way, to act a certain way. Is that why what I just said are children rebelling against our parents, our schooling, our society, our so-called law justice system? And what do you think about that? Do you think that's possible? Yeah, and I think it's good. Yes, it is, because what they're doing, they're discovering something very interesting. And it's like saying, to me, that is being a clone. There is no individuality in being just a clone. There is no self-awareness nor conscious growth, nor self-creativeness in living a clone's life. So they're naturally fighting against being a clone without even knowing about it themselves consciously. Absolutely. Yeah. They're not and consciously fighting their genetics. They're fighting it because that's their evolution. That's right. They're fighting it. But there are those, and we've spoken about this many times, on this planet Earth, we still have first dimensional, second dimensional, and third dimensional beings. Naturally, the fourth dimension is like a spirit world, and we can't live within a fourth dimensional vibration with our bodies the way they are so dense at this time. Beings who live in a fourth dimensional realm do not have body fat. Fat cannot exist within a fourth dimensional realm wow. because it's of a very low density evolution. It's emotional. We use fat as an emotional protection because of what experiences we have had through our current life and other pre previous lives. Wow. So to be a clone is, is, oh, sorry, no, that's not, let me say that again. I'll say this one again because I think it's important. Yeah. To me, that is living, being a clone there is no individuality in being just a clone. There is no self-awareness nor conscious growth. Even our creativeness is being a clone because that's what we understand. We live in a logic third dimensional vibration. And unless we create some form of self-awareness, we end up staying a clone. Unless we form some form of rebellion against our parents' society, we end up living a clone. And as I said before, there are those that live an identical, how would you say, life to our parents. Mm. And it's very noticeable too. I'm afraid to ask, but really considering we're talking about this, do you, do you have the numbers on how many people are kind of going through these different, you know, like what percentage of people are actually practically clones of their parents and they've never really escaped it? 30%. 30% of people are like that. Yeah, on this planet, wow. yes. Yeah, yeah and, and there are there are at least, um, um, oh, look, 48 to 52% who are really fighting it to change. And that's why we have so much, um, how would you say, uneasiness, unrest. We have so much violence through the young. We have so many young children committing suicide because they can't handle... They can't handle what is happening to them within our society. I want to say this. Let's, let's just take another, another angle. Look at it this way. Individuality, right? You spend nine months in your mother's womb. Then you spend, in most situations, in a kindergarten for the next five years with strangers. Then you go to preschool for one year. 
Then you move up through the grades, yet throughout that time, lots of stress is placed upon you. Then you leave school and find a job. And yes, in 90% of the time, you absolutely despise or even hate it. So now, with your stress, you add your hate to your job. And what is created is conditioning, which over time becomes your personal belief system. And that's what's happening to a very, very large sector of human society worldwide. And if anybody denies that, they're kidding themselves because that is the absolute truth. Mm. And what's your thoughts on that, Michael? Well, yeah, I just, and I'm just thinking, and they also, they kind of go through the motions when it comes to falling for someone romantically and having family, children, and going from being (laughs) a father to a grandfather and so on. It's still, it it can really lack um, love and spontaneity and, uh, what were you saying? Like yeah. awareness? Awareness. Yeah. Let, let me put it. Let me put it this way: If we look at heart love, that's when you know your heart exists. That's when you can feel your heart throbbing. Mm. That's when you know the reality of who you are is the heart. Where most people live in un, in in conditional love. Conditional love is like saying, and you've heard me say this so many times. It's the same old saying. If, if, if you don't love me, right, then I don't want you. If you do this, then I'm not going to love you. And it just goes on and on and on. Mm. And I've heard people say in the past, like, well, I don't really like you. In fact, I could sometimes even hate you for the way you talk to me or the way you think. I don't really love you at all. Mm. The question is, well, why did you marry that person? The answer is fear. It's conditional love it's the love that you have learnt to grasp onto without being taught by your parents heart love Mm. if you want to love someone unconditionally you have to learn to forgive yourself and others and love yourself unconditionally first that only takes about half an hour to figure out right of course (laughs) Well, do you know, honestly, Michael, if you said something like this, okay, say you're the type of person that has a lot of emotions. Sure. And, you know, you wake up every morning and you're feeling grumpy and you take that grumpiness to work, you take it to your family and you, you, you're driving to work and you feel so bad about it. You, so you ring your wife or your, or your husband, you send a text and say, I'm sorry, I'm just feeling grumpy. I had a bad night, a bad dream. It's all your emotions that are accumulating every year of your life. And you're not dealing with those emotions, whatever those emotions may be. The greatest, the greatest healer is self-love. And when you can say every morning when you wake up, no matter what you experience, you are turning the change in your life by saying, I love who I am and I love myself. And I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy of loving others. That can put you in an absolutely amazing energy. And when you get up, you'll kiss your wife, your husband, uh, you'll love your kids, you'll go off to work feeling good, you'll be happy all day. And even if something upsets you, you say, hang on, that was just an experience. I don't really care. I love that person anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's not mine, it's theirs. You start to feel good again. Wow. And then you put yourself on the road. If you look at something negative, for instance, it's like saying, then you get involved with the opposite sex, as if you did your research and you would find that nearly 60 to 70% end up with a child or two or three. So you become more stressed. <laughs> you become dumbed out and you start to accept your life the way it is. And if most humans were true of heart, they would admit this is not what I expected and this is not what I want. Can I just like... Sorry? Yeah. Can I just um, get in there? I also want like, just I have to, I want to say this, like you you said the word like dealing, like dealing with this and that in our life. Yes. And and yes, the answer is, is love and unconditional love and growing and moving forward. I just want to somehow say like wherever a person is at, 
right now, that's exactly where they're at and supposed to be for this as something to deal with. Like that's their lesson. Their lessons in life are right in front of them. They're not like, is that obvious? Like, um, yes, the answer is you, you know, you're expressing several answers. I just kind of want to acknowledge people for exactly where they are right now is where their soul has them because the opportunities are right there to move forward and away from the things that they are meant to um, grow out of. Like they're in the perfect spot right now. Right? Yes, they are. Yeah. They are. Now, the, the, the hard part is we, we grow up and we experience certain things. And then we say to ourselves, well, why did I do that? Well, it's your past. Okay, well, where does the past come from? It comes from your genetics, your experiences, whatever you want to look at. Okay, well, how do I, how do I get over that in this moment? See, we have taught ourselves in every lifetime to be a certain way, to think a certain way, to act a certain way. And we're told by our parents, by the schooling system, by our governments, by society. This is the way it is. Get used to it. Well, that's not true. That's totally a lie. We each have a choice in life, but it's governed by the level of our thinking, by the level of our understanding, by the level of our own self-awareness. If we can guarantee ourselves that we have the possibility of changing, we have to do it in the moment. And if we keep saying to ourselves, I will never, ever, ever be anything. My father wasn't. My grandfather wasn't. Everybody was unhappy. Everybody swore at each other. And now I'm swearing at each other. Now I'm telling my wife off. My wife's telling me off. I can't get a better job. I'm stuck in a job that I absolutely despise. And the only reason I'm doing that job is because i got to bring money in to pay for all the bills. That's the point we have to change right there. And we have to say, hang on, hang on. I'm here at this moment, but I have a choice. I've always got a choice. I'm not going to swear at my wife anymore or my, my husband or my kids. I'm going to say to them, I'm sorry for being such a, a so-so. I actually love you guys. I love you, wife. I love you, husband. I suddenly had a premonition that I can change. Only you can do that. Only you can do that. And that's the truth. That's why we are individuals. We have the right to make changes. And if we make changes for the better, then everybody benefits. Not just our family, not just our neighborhood, not just our, our state or country, the entire world. Yeah. So absolutely. what do you think, Michael? Yeah, no, I think if, if, if you found <laughs> what I think is if you found yourself in that situation where you were the father that thought, I just want to stop swearing to my family, yes. you can talk us, if you were caught up in that existence, you would keep pressing the button of, of, uh, d discovering awareness and inspiration. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. You would just keep as wherever that button you could find it, you would just press, wouldn't you? Yes, I want to. I want to. I want to tell you something to to, to link that to it. Yeah. When I first came here on the 29th of August, um, nineteen sixty nine, and opened my eyes at eleven eleven p.m. Oh, sorry, eleven eleven. Yeah, eleven eleven p.m. And I listened to this conversation that was going on between the nurse across from me at the Alexandra Hospital, that's in Brisbane, and. She was saying to him, look, you have to accept the way it is in this hospital. We do things differently here, and you're not allowed to do this here. If you were doing it at home, that's your business. But here, you do it my way. 
And I, I listened and I said, oh, my God, where am I? They were your first words that you heard. That's my first words. And by the way, you're in an 18-year-old body, right? That's right. Yeah. Just before 18. Just Sorry, just and, before 18. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed that I couldn't, I couldn't sit up because they kept injecting my legs so I wouldn't walk. Because I was apparently, Roman just kept getting up through the night and walking because he couldn't stand laying down so much. Oh, really? So they injected this stuff into both legs. So they literally paralyzed the legs. So Fascinating. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just turned around. I couldn't help myself. I said, excuse me. Excuse me, I said. And the nurse turns around and says, wait your turn. <gasps> and I said, I beg your pardon. I said, are you a Nazi here or something? I said, this is a free world, I believe. And that gentleman has a right to live his life the way he has always lived it, if he chooses. From what I heard, it's not negative, it's positive. And what I heard about you, young lady, you're very domineering, and that's your problem. And you grew up with that because you had a domineering father. So maybe you should go and look at yourself in a mirror and say, oh, my God, I'm wrong. I shouldn't be doing this to people. I'm placing my emotions upon an old man that I should be respecting. He's 82 years of age, and I'm only 21. How disgusting. And that was my first exper experience wow. when I opened my eyes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what happened? What, no, now that you said the story and the drama, what happened? Did she like? Oh, I'm going to go look in front of a mirror. <laughs> yeah, hang on. She disappeared. She couldn't handle it. Yeah. She turned her face away from me and she walked out of the ward. And I heard the old guy say, "I don't know who you are, mate," but he said, "Thank you." That was how he spoke to me. Yeah. And I said, "I don't really know who I am at this moment either." <laughs> That's what I said to him. <laughs> But I know I have a right to speak. So we were talking. That's what I said. We are good. So remember that you were going to link this to the, my little metaphor of pressing the button, the the awareness button. Exactly. You were you were going to link those two together, right? If yes. you were in this life, so what happens? So you were you you um you've uh, you've walked in technically to this yes body this just body. before the yes. age of eighteen. And, and so, yeah, you would have found struggles just like everybody else, but you would have thought, I've heard you say before something like, hang on, my heart, I know to think of my heart. Yes. And I did that on that day when I opened my eyes that night. I remember putting my hands on my heart and I said, I don't know why I'm saying this at this moment because I'm very confused about things. I have all these thoughts that are not mine and I am trying to balance them. And I just said, I love you, Father, from my heart. That's what I said. But I didn't know who I was saying that to. Really? I thought I might have been saying that to my human father. But I realized later on, it's my father, Yarkas Cartus, who I was saying that to without even consciously being aware of it. And just to end that story, sure. the, um, the young girl... Um, came in about nearly 45 minutes later and she walked up to me her face was red and she said to me I am very embarrassed and I said don't be she said I am she said I did what you said I said look in the mirror and she said yes and I'm ashamed of what I saw and you were right I can see it I was my father and that's exactly how I grew up with all of his negative emotions and I've been doing this for nearly 21 years. She said, um, I don't know who you are, but can I ask some advice from you while you're still here th through the time? And I said, yes, if you choose to, yes. That's exactly the words I said to her. And she smiled at me and she walked over to the, to the old man and she apologized. And he said, that's okay, lovey. He said, that's okay, lovey. It's all good. And she said, I love you. And she walked out. Huh. How's that? Wow. Now, we can have a thought, Michael, and if we act on that thought in a loving way, our entire life can change. But if we leave it in a negative space 
and abuse whoever, we can literally go down that dark road. And I'm going to explain something very quickly before I continue because I had a vision about it last night when I was in space. I was out in space and I looked on my left and I saw the most glorious, colorful universes and galaxies. And I looked over to the far right and there was nothing but black space. The strange thing is I was watching something called um, Weird or Not by Shackner. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure of his first name. He William was an actor Shatner. on William Shackner. Thank you. And there was a thing they were talking about dark space. So I experienced it that night, and I remember sitting like I was in a lotus position, sitting on my legs, and I was just gazing the universe. And I know the Earth was behind me. I could see it in my mind's eye, and it looked so beautiful. But I looked to my right and I saw dark space. And they were trying to work out the meaning of dark space. And they were thinking that dark space has the fifth dimension in it. And that's completely wrong. 100%. Dark space is a gatherment of negative energies from a time factor that you cannot put a distance or a time on it. And all this energy in this dark space has accumulated like a magnet together. And the only thing you get from dark matter is violence and destruction. Wow. So it magnetically, sorry, it mag magnetically almost kind of brings itself like attracts like. So it's all just kind of welling yeah. there. Um, it's it's, it's like humans. There. Mm. Yeah, it's like this humans on this planet. We'll, we'll only use that as an example. But if we look at our life and we're growing up a certain way because we've been conditioned from even before we were born and say it was in a negative way, we attract into our lives magnetically, by the way, because we're magnetic energy from living energy. We literally magnetize somebody else into our existence. Mm which can cause our life to be more negative hmm. or to learn from, not to be like that. Speaking of um, possibilities being endless, in the opposite sense, I just want to ask a negative question. Is it possible that people can go even like a decade without having a spontaneous or inspired thought? Yes, yes. Michael, oh, that's, very that's true. terrible. Yeah, I, yes, be I believe true. it. I can kind of see it in yeah. bits of my life myself. That is amazing. They're just yeah. There oh. are people who have grown up, Michael, from the day they were born because of the way the parents' genetics are, whether it's mother or father or both. And sometimes the father can be 100% negative in everything. And it shows in their lifestyle, in the way they look. See, when you're negative all the way – you actually deprive yourself you deprive yourself of happiness which plays a very big factor in how quickly you age hmm. a lot of negative people age really fast and they can look like say they're 50 and they're only 30 and that's no joke hmm. it's amazing so our thoughts not just govern what we do throughout our life, our thoughts govern how we age, wow. how our body feels internally as well as externally. Kentakis, I was just thinking about how what I'm about to say I could say to the end. And now it might be better to this is a this is the completely opposite of my last question. There are people in our lives, and I know for me and to some degree to the people listening to this, you are in my life and their lives. You have the opposite thing where I guess you have to be careful how I'm, I'm, I guess it's a question because I don't know this for sure, but you almost have to be questioned. You have to be careful how often you push people's buttons, right? In a, in a positive way that might inspire them, that might make them realize 
oh, I've got to look in the mirror. Do you know what I mean? You actually, yes. you, you, you are the most inspired person I could think of. You, I know you inspire yourself every day and, 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 and we can be inspired from you. And so, yeah, you sometimes have to choose your words wisely, even though you can see all the, you know, the issues that are bubbling up in your consciousness as they might express to you their life. You have to be really careful what you say, don't you? Well, let me say this. I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're still learning, but it's, it's a thing, isn't it? Because yes, it is. you really have to watch it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I actually really do enjoy speaking from the heart, Michael. I, mm. that's, that's my true passion. The rest is simply maybe sometimes I get frustrated and maybe sometimes I'm not that kind. But I also find in my heart to apologize um, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, if I'm right, I will say, yes, okay, I'm sorry. But I know for a fact that I was actually right in what I said. And I'm sorry you can't see that. But maybe one day you will. Yeah. Maybe one day you won't. So if you, if you, if you, thank you, Kentucky, if you find yourself at some point like, oh, oh, I'm caught up in life again. I'm caught up in uh, ego, in logic yes. and all the rest. What's yes. the first thing that comes to, to your mind when you think, oh, hang on, I've, I'm not as aware as I want to be. What do I normally do when I get to this position? I go directly to my heart. Yeah. Your heart is your awakener. Your heart is everything in reality because it knows it holds far more capacity than the human brain ever will. And that's the honest truth. Okay, now I, I want to just say this. This this goes to an interesting little part of the um, the episode. <laughs> you might have a few things you want to say about this. The sad result is we each on this planet Earth are living a lie, a complete lie. Yet, what is to blame? Do we blame our parents? Do we blame our society? Do we blame our government? Or do we just blame ourselves? We need first to understand humanity is caught up in one thing. It's called greed. It's called control. It's called domination in the way we live, the way we think. We have to understand as a species, humanity on this planet, we are all caught up in a system called the monetary system, which is money which is power. That's what they believe. And it is now creating so much unhappiness within a very large sector of human society. We have even been conditioned to a point or more. And yes, it's all about riches. What we need to have is riches. We need riches in our life, whatever those riches may be. But we also need a balanced, happy life. We need to own a home? Yes. We need to own cars? Yes. We need to even have a boat if we so desire? Yes. Have lots of holidays? Why not? And lots of money in our bank account. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. But we have been lured for a very, very long time in human history that we are the, the pawns and what we have above us is the dominators and the dominators are the ones who hold all the cards, who hold all the money, who are in total control of every action that we do or have in our human life. And now we have those very wealthy, rich families that own the world. And they want not just to depopulate the human world by at least 50 to 55%, but they want to dominate and control even our thoughts. Even when we're intimate, they want to know. They want to know even what dollar we spent that on. 
What did we buy by having the ID? Uh, what do they call that? The ID digital passport? Mm. People don't realize what's behind it. No realization whatsoever. And the ones that do are fighting to stop it. And I tell you something now, there are millions and millions worldwide. In fact, Michael, hundreds of millions worldwide that have become awakened to the corruption of these high-ranked families and what their purpose is in enslaving humanity right down to the child and beyond. And in time to come, women, I think I might have said this, and this is real truth, women will have no further use except what's within the lower part of their bellies to produce children because they'll be all through test tubes, incubated. A woman will be outlawed to have a natural birth. And you know the funny point? There was a movie like that. If you go back and look at some of the movies, it's already telling us what is to come. And that's why I believe 100% beyond all doubt that we need to open up our own self-awareness and no longer be controlled by what we're being told, which is not true, by the mainstream media. They're the ones that are stopping all the knowledge that could help us understand what is actually happening on our planet today. They're stopping it. And you know why? They own it. Mm. Murdoch. Look at what Murdoch owns. And you'll see. Individuality is being crushed. So we need more and more and more. Not just to open up our own individuality. We need to teach our children that individuality is the beginning of self-growth. And that possibilities are endless because this we can overcome ourselves. We can overcome this situation that's existing in our world right now, and and it can it can be positive. Absolutely on that again. Absolutely, and And that's the hard part. And what I want to talk about in our next episode, I want to do a subject because I've got a thing here saying this is where the true reality of humanity is at this present moment. Well, this is what we've just been speaking about. This is where we're at. We're being dominated. No matter how you look at it, we're being controlled. Well, it looks kind of like it's the early stages because, yeah, digital passport and we've had, you know, terrible experiences with, you know, COVID and all that stuff. But for a lot of people, I don't think life has changed as much as they realize it has. Like in the the deepness of the, on the deeper levels, there are things going on that are quite terrible that you're making mention of that a lot of people are still being able to live their general life thinking not too much has really changed. Let's let's call this a guess, but this is reality. I was listening to a a guy, um, SPN they call it. Um, It's a a guy on a platform that's been (laughs) deplatformed, I think by Facebook and Twitter, because um, he was talking about the movie that that he created called Died Suddenly. Mm-hmm. Now, Died Suddenly is an interesting movie. Do you know how many people he has discovered, how many people have died suddenly recently since the oh, vaccines have been introduced? Um, I follow what you're saying, and there would, yeah, I'm sure there's heaps. How, what do you reckon? Just oh, how many? Oh, no, I, yeah. can't, I can't say yes. Oh, uh, Give me a wild figure. You mean for the world or for Australia? The world. Oh, gosh, over a million easily, right? Over 14 million. 14 million have died suddenly. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is not oh. saying this is 100% true, right? No. But the reality of what has been discovered is over 14 million, and that's being conservative. Yeah, wow. Right? And you know the amount of athletes who have died 
is mind-blowing. You're looking at the thousands in America alone. Peak, peak athletes. Peak. People are literally just falling to the ground dead, falling to the ground, shaking like they got an epileptic fit. Yeah. But it's not. Their body goes into total trauma and suddenly they have a heart attack and die. It is worldwide and it's massive. And that's what people need to understand. And that's why I speak about being an individual, growing in self-awareness, growing in thought consciousness, so you step out of that form of negativity and you step into a world that you can create the way your thoughts want you to, the way your heart wants you to. Um, When... I want to mention like a little while back when you said, you know, what's getting to us and you said it's greed and it's domination and Mm. stuff, you know, it's, um, you, you know, a lot of that can be summed up as ego. Right. And, Mm. um, you know, you, you wrote a, your first book that you published was called entrapment by uh, Roman Haran Bure. Yeah. And that is an excellent resource, I think for, people who want to awaken, who want to understand that there is this ego that is theirs, as well as living in a, in a bigger one within the world, right? That's, That's actually is, is, is throwing them around and, and influencing negative behavior and really tr- preventing uh, growth. Um, it's, it's, uh, your, your book points out well that it's, um, that it's ego and that I guess growing becoming more aware of yourself through that can then, yeah, you can become, I mean, what can people do to be fighting against this literal um, set of uh, evil that is happening in the world? What can they, what can they do? Okay. There is, there is the most simplest step that's to become self-aware and say enough is enough. No, I will not conform. And that's that. That's all you have to do. Hmm. If we all did that, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, if everyone did that, we would unite as a species, as humanity. And that'll bring me to our next episode, which I haven't got a title for it yet, but I want to use some other worlds like, you know, the Ilias, the Nakarons, the um, Doricans, and even um, Cadiz race. I want to use the way they exist and the way they live and how it can be introduced on planet Earth, and totally, totally wipe out greed completely and live with absolutely no monetary system whatsoever, that all are equal, educate those to grow by heart and teach our children to grow by heart. Get rid of the violence because we have inundated our children and it's our fault as parents, not just society, our fault, that we have allowed them to watch so much negativity in movies, so much negativity in the media, so much negativity in game playing. And cartoons. Like it's, yeah, and game, cartoons. Ca- cartoons as yeah. well. They still, they're so, um, yeah. Absolutely. You know what's interesting? I bought my I bought my son, and I love it. You know the old Flintstones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I bought him season one to three. I'm looking oh. for season four and five. Yeah. And, you know, it honestly, it's the most funniest, and he <laughs> loves it. Yeah. And, and that's what we need to do. We yeah. need to create cartoons for children that will inspire their, their empathy, their love, their heart. Because children now are growing up in a negative aspect of our reality from our parents' reality, our grandparents' reality, because we're creating violence and we're allowing a certain sector of society to create this violence and profit by the thousands of trillions of dollars. Wow, yeah. That's the way they make money. And I want to see money gone off this planet. I want to see where a person can have a house, can have cars, can have a boat, can have um, all this wealth, but 
not actually use a monetary system where they think they're richer than somebody else, where they can manipulate mm. like what's happening today on our earth Kentucky's- through that type of egotistical power. Yeah. Hey, if you were like the president of Earth, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How, yeah. How, how long do you think you can um, casually uh, influence the planet and all the other factors necessary to bring about a non-monetary world? If it, Let me just say, if I was Prime Minister of Australia, let me just say this. If I was actually elected by the people, by the people, not a fraudulent system like we have in Australia today. And it has been fraudulent since 1973 by Bob Hawke and Keating. And even, I um, can't remember his name. Um, no, I can't remember his name. His name just slips my mind. They created a system back then and sold Australia by creating a government and registering it in Washington, D.C., and if people look that up, they'll find it's true. We no longer run under the original um, constitution of Australia. Wow. We don't run under it whatsoever since mm. 1973. And they literally sold it. And also, Hawke and Keating are, um, um, what do they call them? Um, spies, basically, to um, uh, America. We're actually a little America. When you hear someone say a little America... We're not kidding. Our financial institute, a large percentage goes to America. Wow. And they've destroyed our economy and destroyed a lot of the businesses in Australia by the thousands and thousands. And if I was prime minister, I would allow imports, but no more than 20 to 25%. And I would reconstitute all businesses back in Australia like car making, um, uh, food, clothes, uh, shoes, um, hardware, everything. So Australia becomes a strong nation. That's how you create a strong nation, by being self-sufficient. Same with our, all our um, vegetables and potatoes. Australia first before they go overseas. And I'd bring prices down so the Australians are not paying ridiculously high prices. And we just accept it because we're stupid. <laughs> we accept it. We are stupid mm. because we accept it. That we are being, how would you say, stolen from. Walked over. By the, yeah, walked over by, by the governments and these elite criminals to literally pay more and more and more. I mean, I got a bill today... Um, I bought a new car, and it's nearly a thousand dollars for main roads to register the car for the state. Like for, for the for, car, a thousand dollars. I don't think that's a thing and, in my state. So in your state, as far as registering, oh wow! Yeah, it's roads. it's criminal. Oh, yeah, it's criminal, and it's just gone up and up and up. It's like like insurance. It's just gone up and up and up. It's just crazy, mate. So you would, so, you would have to set – like back to my question about making this yes. a non-monetary state. You would have to set a lot of things in place Absolutely. first. But you, you would – obviously that people, people – I believe people could get inspired to go in that direction. It's, it's going to yeah. seem obvious as the way to go. But there um, wouldn't be a government, by the way. I meant to say this. I would be classed as um, – um, um, the leader of a council group and council groups would be set all over Australia and appointed people with heart where they actually come to one um, one community, gather the information, pass the information on what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. A monetary system is okay the way they've got it, but not when there's ego. Having no monetary system is the only way to go. Long term, because you get rid of it, greed. Whatever. Oh, that actually gets rid of greed. Gets gets rid of, of greed. Of course, yeah. And over evolution with with um you know new children, their children, their children, it gets drawn out of society completely genetically, and once it's drawn out of genetics, it becomes a balanced, healthy, more loving society, and what's being created through negativity is a negative 
society mm. wow. and greed. And that's not good, Michael. That's no. not good at all. Well, Kentucky, so, yeah, we're just about to end this episode. Is there anything yes. else you'd like to finish on when it comes to possibilities are endless? The possibilities are endless if an individual is willing to seek within themselves self-awareness, self-growth, self-consciousness, and grow beyond it and teach their children in the same manner. That's when a society, as humanity or any species, becomes truly a human being, not a human animal that's been highly conditioned. Mm. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Tintagas, for all that you shared. If you want to hear more, then, I mean, you're probably listening to us on our podcast, Kentarkis. Keep listening. We love to see that you guys are... Uh, and please get more involved. Like, if you'd like to uh, message us or email us on uh, kentarkis at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook, which is uh, forward slash Kentarkis. Yeah, just uh, let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear or if you have any comments or whatever. Uh, that's it for now. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for more.